Welcome to Impact, where we focus on helping you grow a business that amplifies your unique genius, multiplies your income, and transforms lives. Each episode, you'll discover an actionable framework based on what's working right now for top brands and thought leaders. In this episode, we'll talk about how to know what to focus on in your business to generate the greatest growth. We'll also discuss common growth strategy mistakes that will stifle your income and impact. And we'll talk about the growth strategy that increases the value of each customer by up to 10 times. Hello, friends. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Jason Van Orden. How can you know what to focus on in your business in order to produce the greatest new growth? the greatest increase in your income as well as the impact that you make through your business. You know, with so many options available to you, so many different tactics and strategies available to you for growing your business, it can feel really hard to decide where to invest your limited time and money and other resources to get the greatest return on your efforts. And so we can easily end up overwhelmed, spread too thin, or focused on the wrong areas possibly wasting weeks or months until we finally realize that that wasn't the path to go down. The best way to make your growth strategy clearer and more focused and more effective is to first realize that there are really only three ways to grow your income and impact. All of the strategies and tactics available to us really all just fall into one of three categories. And so when it comes to planning out your business growth strategy, it's really important first to zoom out and look at each of these three areas to know which one can provide you the greatest chance for growth at any given point. What we don't want to happen is to get pulled into a reactionary mode or a shiny object mode. It's very easy to end up with this Frankenstein type strategy where we're just tacking on the latest tool or the latest tactic tactic that somebody's uh, mentioned to us or tried to sell to us. And what happens is we don't get the greater view of what's going on in the business, making sure that everything flows together and connects together seamlessly and that there aren't any gaping holes in the way that we acquire customers and the way that we serve our customers. And so in this episode, we're going to take a look at these three different areas of business growth, these three different types of growth strategies, and when it's best to prioritize each one. And also give you examples of what kinds of strategies fall into each of these three categories. And my hope is that by understanding this framework that we're going to talk about today, it will help you to zoom out, have that broader view. And whenever it's time to kind of look at, hey, what's the next thing to focus on in my business in order to reach my goals, that you'll be able to see the entire picture and thereby pick the best way to invest your limited time, energy, your team members and the other resources that are available to you. I've prepared a guide to go along with this episode that summarizes these three different areas and will list the different types of strategies and some questions to ask yourself to determine where you want to focus. So if you want to use that guide to follow along, you can go to impactdownloads.com forward slash growth to grab that PDF right now. Or you can go to the URL in the future to grab the guide as a review of the things we're going to talk about today and an action guide to help you put these things into uh, implement them in your own business. One more time, that URL is impactdownloads.com forward slash growth. 
So here are the three different categories of growth strategies that you can use to grow your business. The first one is to attract more leads or generate more leads. This means bringing in more prospective customers. Or in other words, those who have expressed interest in what it is that you have to offer and that you now have an opportunity to follow up with them with further information, whether that's through content, conversations, you know, sales calls, whatever channels that might be. But that the person has indicated that there is an interest there, that it might be a fit. And the metric that you use to track a, pers- a particular pers- uh, prospect or, or what that means to have a prospect can really vary between each business. It's important to know, you know what is that, what counts as a good prospect for your business. I mean, examples of what this might mean are it could be someone who has actually booked a sales call. It could be someone who has taken an assessment and gotten results from that assessment and you know is now asking for further information about how you can help them with the results of that assessment. It could be someone who's filled out a contact form and requested more information. Now, sometimes we just think of it as simply a new email on your email list. And that certainly is one metric that you can use. You want to keep in mind, though, that This can be a misleading metric when it comes to whether or not you are growing the amount of leads that are coming in. Because just somebody's on our email list doesn't necessarily mean that they're well targeted. There are a lot of things we can do to grow that list. And in fact, it can be very enticing to continually grow, do whatever we can to grow that list because the numbers feel good. It's a bit of a vanity metric at times. People love to talk about the size of their email list. But the, the size of an email list is not uh, everything when it comes to leads. So it's important to, uh, it's important to know, you know, at one point, at what point can they really count as, okay, that's a prospect. So that if you're diving into growing your business through attracting more leads, you can watch that metric and see, is it going up? Are we booking more sales calls or are more people taking our assessment? Again, whatever that might mean for your business. So if you're not sure, then that's certainly one of the first actions to take is define what does it mean to get a new prospect? in my business? Is it just the point at which somebody signs up for my email list? Or is there another action that they take for us to feel confidence? Like, now this is somebody now that can be nurtured as a potential customer, taken through that nurture sequence, you know, guided through a customer journey toward uh, buying a product or service. So what are example strategies that fall underneath the category of attracting more leads? Of course, this could be adding a new marketing channel. You might decide you're going to go and appear on more podcasts as a guest. You might decide to do more speaking gigs. You might decide that you want to write articles for bigger publications and sites. We could go on and on. There are a number of different things, but these are the marketing channels that are specifically geared for toward gaining somebody's attention, bringing them to an awareness of your brand, of your business, your value proposition for the first time, and giving them an opportunity to, again, figuratively raise their hand and say, yeah, you know what? That's interesting. I'd like to hear more. And, you know, that's something to think about when it comes to when you're going to those marketing channels, deciding what marketing channels to, to use, you know, have you plan that strategy out and the right metrics to, uh, track in order to see whether or not it's really driving that number that you've identified. That means you're getting more prospects. I mean, it's one thing to go and do 50 interviews on podcast. And certainly if your goal is just general brand and awareness, you know, that's, that's something you can do. But if your goal as part of that is to get out there and get uh, and pull more leads in, 
then of course you want to make sure that there's some way that there's a call to action off of that interview, for instance, to bring them in and get them on an email list or have them take some action that indicates, hey, they're now interested. So you want to keep that in mind, whichever strategy, if this is the area that, you want, or that you're going to focus on, you want to keep that in mind once you've identified the metric and that you've chosen a strategy that's really going to move that particular lead metric or targeted prospect metric upward. So when is the right time to focus on this area of strategy, on attracting, on this area of growth, attracting more leads? Well, this is the first place to focus on if you don't have any systems or strategies in place yet for consistently growing your list of prospects. Now, this might not mean that you're not profitable. You know, a lot of times I've, I've seen this many times where you've got um, you know, an author or a speaker or an academic or somebody who, who maybe teaches classes or just has a good network that's referring uh, you know, people to them uh, on occasion and through reputation, they manage to, uh, you know, make, make some, some money. But if all you have is just kind of this, Hey, sometimes people come in, sometimes they don't. And it's not, it's something you can't really turn up the, the volume on or really track well, then this might be a place for you to focus, to ensure that you are, that, that you've got specific things in place. Again, whether it's writing regularly for particular publications, whether it's putting out a podcast, for instance, showing up on podcasts, whatever it might be. But if you don't have those things in place that are regularly bringing in in a very consistent and, you know, semi-predictable way, uh, a bank of leads, then this might be the right place for, for you to focus. It's also a good place to focus if maybe you've got, and this is kind of the same thing case I was talking about, like I see where people have a really robust uh, network or they've got a social media following. And so they feel like, oh, I've got an audience and people eventually come and ask me if they can work with me or to, to get more information. But a social media following, a network is not easy to, you can't readily tap into it on a moment's notice to, to get people to, to, to buy from you. It's just a lot of social media. It's not, people aren't in that mode. Now, you know, putting aside maybe paid ads and things like that. So often social media is what precedes somebody becoming a prospect. And then it might reinforce the customer journey once they become a prospect. But if you've got that robust network and that robust social media following, but you don't have a consistent, predictable way to bring them onto your email list, first of all, at the very least, you know, and to bring them to signing up or expressing interest as a prospect, then that's something you absolutely want to focus on for many reasons. And one of them is, like I said, social media is not the greatest place to immediately sell something. But also social media and you know, tends to be a, a borrowed marketing channel. And what I mean by that is it's not one that you own. Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, whoever, they, they can decide to change the rules of the game. They can decide, oh, you've done something against our terms of service and that marketing channel you know, will disappear. So if you're in that kind of a state, this might be where you want to focus right now in order to stabilize and make more predictable your lead generation poss uh, possibilities. The common mistakes that get made here, just to kind of sum them up, I've, I've kind of touched on them indirectly, but one is focusing too much on vanity metrics. We can say, hey, I've got this great social media following or I've got this big list, but you know, if they're not, if they're not actually the right people on the list, um, you know, we can very easily convince ourselves that we're doing what we need to do and you can look at those numbers and feel good about them. But again, if, it's not, if there's not a clear indication of these are people that are going to be interested in uh, what it is that you offer in your value proposition, then 
this is an area that needs to be revisited and, and you need to measure those right metrics. The other mistake that often gets made here is that this tends to be kind of just the go-to default. Hey, I want to make more money. I'm going to go get more leads. I want more visibility. I want more. And, you know, I understand why that might be and why that's kind of, it's, it's easier natural to assume that's like, yeah, more people in the front means more money and more people I get to serve um, as well. But as we're going to discover when we talk about the other two areas, often if you already have some consistent leads coming in, this should not or will not be your first go-to for growing your business. And this is a big thing that people uh, overlook, but we'll touch on this a little bit more as we get into the other two areas. So that's the first area of growth strategy, which is attracting more leads, attracting more prospects. The second area of growth strategy is to convert more of those prospects into customers. So of course, this consists of doing things like building out your customer journey by optimizing your messaging or you know, optimizing maybe the offer and the way that it's presented, uh, uh, look, changing your pricing or testing uh, a different sales methodology, maybe trying webinars or trying uh, changing your approach to sales calls or deciding to do sales calls rather than simply use email. So this just give you an idea, but anything that has to do with, okay, once somebody's a prospect, everything to do between that point and when they've actually spent money with you, the customer journey in there, that's, that's what this addresses, this area of strategy, converting more prospects into leads. It's about earning their trust. It's about you know, demonstrating your credibility and expertise. It's about uh, building up that resonance and likability with the people that follow your, your work and express interest in what you do and getting them prepared so that when you do put the call to action in front of them, assuming again that they were the right kind of prospect to begin with, that there's a good chance that they will say yes. So what is it the right time to focus on this area of growth? This is a great category to focus on once you have that consistent flow of leads coming in, but that you can see there are definite holes in the customer journey. It's one thing to have people consistently signing up for your email list, but if there's no, again, predictable, consistent mechanism in place, and you know, ideally it's, it might be at least partially automated or streamlined, but you know, most of all that it's regularly converting these prospects into paying customers. So for instance, some holes that you could have in your conversion system in your customer journey might be, uh, maybe you haven't written that nurture sequence of, of emails that people get once they've expressed interest, signed up your email list, or maybe you notice that the conversion rate on your sales page is too low, or maybe you haven't actually gotten around to, to writing a good sales page, or maybe you notice that your close rate on sales calls uh, or from webinars is low. And so you want to optimize the messaging or try some different approaches there, or maybe you don't have anything to offer your prospects at all. I mean, that would certainly be, uh, you know, a indication that this would be something to focus on is if you've been gathering leads and not really sold, you don't have something that, that you're ready to sell to them on a regular basis that you've proven out to be a core offer, um, for you. So when you've got those leads coming in consistently, but you have some kind of big holes in that customer journey system that brings them up to the point of saying yes and doing business with you, that's where you want to look at focusing on converting more leads. Common mistakes that get made here are, first of all, just not having a complete customer journey, kind of leaving it to just chance. Like for instance, you know, I know people who put um, 
I've worked with people who they have a podcast out there and, you know, it certainly has a growing audience and people seem to somehow make it back to the website and sign up for, uh, the email list. And yeah, eventually people get around to like, Oh, Hey, you know, I was wondering about your, your services, but if you haven't really deliberately, deliberately spelled out how you want to get a listener from your podcast, and I can keep talking about podcasting here, maybe because I am doing a podcast in this moment, but you know, this could be any channel. If you're just leaving it to chance for those new prospects to eventually get around to being interested in inquiring themselves, and you might think, hey, I've got my work with me page on my website or whatever, but there need to be these clear steps that you're guiding them through. And this is the customer awareness journey that we actually talked about on an earlier episode of the podcast. That's episode five if you want to go back and listen to that. And you need to guide them through these stages of awareness, you know, understanding the problem better, presenting your solution, explaining why it's the best one, explaining why you're the one to help them that with solution and so forth, and explaining to them why now is the time to do something about it as opposed to waiting until later. If you don't have a deliberate mechanism in place to guide them through those stages of awareness, then that's where that this is definitely a hole that needs to be plugged. That's one of the biggest mistakes that gets made here. So that's the second category of growth strategy, converting more of your prospects into customers. That brings us to the third and final category of growth strategy. And in fact, one of the most powerful, and that is to boost your customer lifetime value. Customer lifetime value is defined as the amount of revenue generated from, on average, from a customer over the lifetime that they do business with you. And I also like to add on to that definition an increase in it's, it's the amount of value that you deliver to them because in maximizing the value that you deliver to them, that's only going to help lead to having them retain as a customer, want to do business with you again, hire you again, buy more courses from you, whatever the case may be. So that's customer lifetime value, the amount that you make or the, and as well as the value that's delivered to them in the space of time that they do business with you. According to data compiled by conversion consulting firm Invesp, and I'll link to this in the show notes, it costs five times as much to attract a new customer than it does to keep an existing one. And again, it's so easy for us to default to that. I want to make more money. I'm going to go find more people that want to do business with me. And we default to the the first category, attract more leads, generate more leads. But if we just look at that statistic, it's actually five times more costly in time and money and resources to bring somebody new in than it is to keep an existing customer happy and find other ways to deliver value to them that they're willing to pay for. Another interesting uh, statistic here is uh, according to info provided by MarTech, again, the link will be in the show notes, on average, loyal customers are worth up to 10 times as much as their first purchase. And so by just keeping in mind that this is an entire category of its own and often one that's overlooked and one of the most powerful is to boost that customer lifetime value, that focusing on the right pieces, the right strategies under this category can increase the worth of a customer to you by up to 10 times. I mean, that's an immense amount of growth that can be derived from that kind of a focus. Examples of strategies that fall underneath this category are well, creating a new offer for existing customers so that you have something to offer to them after they're done working with you in one capacity. You could also sell existing products or services to current or past customers. You can always increase your prices is another thing. And that's certainly something to, to consider over time, especially if you're 
regularly selling a product or service easily at a given price, that's one way to increase lifetime value of a customer is to boost the amount that you're able to charge for your products and services. Another way to look at that is increasing what's called the average order value. Sometimes you hear this referred to as AOV. And what that means is you know, adding an upsell or an add-on or a premium version to an existing offer so that on average, each person who orders or purchases that particular offer, you make more money because if you, you know, are, as soon as somebody buys, if you're offering them like, hey, here's this additional thing that might also interest you, you know, some percentage of people are going to take you up on that. And it's a quick way to boost the revenue coming in through that particular offer. You know, the premium version thing, that's really powerful. I, I do that with clients all the time where they're just offering one version of a particular, it might be a course or a workshop or even consulting, coaching. And that when you offer a premium version, which is often three to five times the, the price point, but you're adding, you know, an incredible amount of value as well, but in a way that doesn't take three to five times of your time and energy, you're going to have people that are going to take that higher premium version. And so again, you're going to be making more money on average for each person that purchases that particular offer. So upsells, add-ons, premium versions of existing offers, adding something like that in is a great way to boost customer lifetime value. And then another way to do this is just to come up with some kind of recurring revenue that you can offer to your best customers, where they're paying you on a regular basis, whether that's to have access to information or to your team or to you, you know, whatever that might be to, to additional uh, courses. Uh, there's a number of different ways and we can get into that in another episode. But certainly if you are converting customers who have spent money with you in the past, worked with you in the past, but then giving them a reason why and, you know, that they're eager and happy to pay you on a recurring basis for maybe some kind of maintenance of, of the things that you've worked on with them, then another great, that's another great way to increase customer lifetime value. So when should you focus on this area of business growth? For an existing business with consistently growing list of prospects that are converting into, you know, who are, who are converting into customers, this is typically the first place that you want to look at in order to create new business growth is that how can I increase customer lifetime value? Invest in the people that have already purchased from you, have already said, yes, let's do business and gotten great results from you, right? The mistake here that gets made is just assuming, is just overlooking it. And for whatever reason, it's one that gets overlooked often. Our, our minds just kind of go more quickly to, I'm going to pull in more leads or, hey, I'm going to try to convert more of the leads that I'm, that I'm getting. And I don't know if it's that we just assume, oh, hey, so-and-so already spent so much money with me. They're not going to want to spend more with me. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of uh, mindset factors and other things that come into this particular mistake, but it's a big one to overlook boosting customer lifetime value. And if nothing else, you, if you take nothing else from this episode, then to just consider, okay, what is a strategy that I could use to boost customer lifetime value? Again, that's revenue generated as well as value delivered to them then, you know, that's something worth setting aside some time to, to think about. So those are the three areas of growth strategy. And really all of them boil down to one of those three. You can either generate more leads, you can convert more of those leads and prospects into customers, or you can boost customer lifetime value. Now, here are just a few more considerations that relate to this three-part framework. The first one is that there's not really one right answer. I mean, we started by saying, how do you know where to focus in your business in order to get the greatest return on your efforts when it comes to growing your income and your impact? 
And you might weigh all the different things. I've given you some things to consider here. You can get the downloadable guide. Again, that's impactdownloads.com forward slash growth. And it'll give you some questions to kind of think through to help you consider which of these three areas might be your most profitable right now. But in the end, there might not be one clear answer. And that's okay. If nothing else, if this just helps you zoom out and consider each of the three, you're already going to be farther ahead by doing that than getting pulled into, again, seeing only the trees rather than the whole, the whole forest. Another thing to keep in mind is you might not have to choose just one area to focus on it. If you're early on in your business and maybe it's just you, maybe you have just a couple uh, uh, freelancers that help you out here and there with things. Okay. Yeah. You might need to pick at any given time with whatever time you've set aside for business growth, you might have to pick which of these three areas am I going to be focused on right now to implement a new strategy. And hopefully that strategy, you know, stays in place and continues to create a a boost in growth. But when you're farther along and you have a bigger team working with you, then you might be able to focus on more than one area. In fact, you might even hire somebody that is focused particularly on one area. You might decide, hey, I'm going to bring a salesperson in and their job is to find ways to focus on that second area of converting more people and boosting our conversions of prospects to customers. You might bring in a a customer retention and and happiness person that their job is just to always be looking at how do we boost customer lifetime value through retention and, uh, you know, just delivering um, great services, great uh, experience for our customers. So that's something to keep in in mind. You know, the answer is not always going to be just one clear answer. And also you might be able to have more than one thing at a time, depending on, again, the resources that are available to you. But the question here is just knowing where you're going to focus those resources, whether it's one thing, one strategy under one category that you can focus on, or whether you could have a couple strategies going in a couple different categories. But again, the important thing is to zoom out and use this framework for looking at the overall growth strategy of your business. Another thing you want to keep in mind here, and I I briefly mentioned this, but you want to know what your key metrics are in each of these areas. And they might be a bit different than they're going to be different for your business than than other businesses. I mean, sure, you might think, oh, every business, it's going to be sales page conversions. And that certainly is one that would be worth, um, you know, keeping keeping an eye on. But yeah, I, I kind of alluded to this or really talked about it in the first area of generating more leads. The metric that indicates more leads can be a different thing depending on what your business is, how people express interest and wanting to learn more, how you follow up with them and guide them through the customer journey. It might be a list opt-in. It might be once somebody actually fills out a form. It might be when somebody actually books a sales call with you. But in each of these three areas, generate leads, convert more leads into customers and boost customer lifetime value. You need to know, well, what are the two or three important, most important metrics for me to watch in three of the, each of those three areas, both to be able to gauge which area to focus on, as well as just to keep a thumb on the pulse so you know if one of them needs some help and some some boosting to keep it um, thriving and well. And then the final consideration to keep in mind here, and this is a challenge for every entrepreneur in business, is keeping that balance between short-term cash flow needs and long-term growth. And this is one of the reasons why we sometimes fail to zoom out is that we're just always just trying to stay on top of, I need, you know, that runway of cash and keeping it coming in to pay your bills and maybe to pay the people that work for you. Right. And that's where we can kind of get pulled in different directions and just kind of reactionary and doing whatever we think is going to bring the quickest money. But then what happens is again, you stay too close to it. You don't zoom out and long-term growth suffers. And in fact, you just, that's when you stay in that rat race, that cycle of, 
chasing, you know, whatever the, the quickest cash flow is, is going to be. So at any given time, when it comes to that overarching theme of how do you grow your business, you need to keep in mind both of those things, short-term cash flow needs, which every business has at times, and putting things into place that maybe don't pay off immediately, but over time are going to create a new sustained, you know, plateau level of, of incoming leads or conversions into customers or whatever the case may be. So there's just a few other considerations to keep in mind as you're thinking through using this framework. So I'm going to go ahead and sum up what I think two of the key takeaways are here. There's a lot here. And again, you can download the guide as a summary and to guide you through implementing this stuff. But the first takeaway I mentioned is, is just realizing that customer lifetime value is often money sitting on the table. If you already have good leads coming in and you're converting them at a, at a good rate, uh, just getting more leads is not, I mean, you can do that, but you'll get better returns from making sure that you're looking at what you can do in customer lifetime value. And the other takeaway that I just want to underline here is just that concept of zooming out. If nothing else, I want this framework to help you zoom out and stay out of that overwhelmed Frankenstein strategy, getting pulled in different directions, wasting time where it's not uh, going to work or having large holes in your growth strategy and wondering why you know, you've been on a plateau for a while or just not seeing as much growth as, as you'd like. So those are the two things, if nothing else, I'd love you to take away from this. I just want to remind you one more time that there is a downloadable guide that goes along with this episode to help you put this framework into action. You can find that at impactdownloads.com forward slash growth. Just enter in your email address to sign up for my newsletter and I'll immediately send you the PDF for this episode along with other frameworks like this one to help you grow your brand and your business. In the next episode of Impact, we're going to talk about monetization shyness, a phenomenon that shows up in even profitable businesses, costing them significant amounts of revenue. I'll share three types of monetization shyness and how to avoid or overcome each one of them. Don't forget, you can find links to the things I've mentioned in this episode back at jasonvanorden.com. In the show notes, just click on the podcast link in the nav. Thank you for joining. We'll talk to you again soon.